0: Go to Sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's SYLVAN29.com.
1: What's going on, everybody? RJO here from SB Nation, bloggingtheboys.com. the boys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe. Healthy, and we hope that you are experiencing the wonderful euphoria of victory. The Dallas Cowboys defeating the Los Angeles Chargers moments ago. 20 to 17, the final score out in the city of Angels. People said it couldn't be done. People said there's no way the Dallas Cowboys go to LA. There's no way they beat the Chargers. There's no way they got Justin Herbert. They got Joey Bosa. The Cowboys don't have Lyle Collins. The Cowboys don't have Michael Gallup. The Cowboys don't have Demarcus Lawrence. The Cowboys don't have Donovan Wilson. The Cowboys don't have Randy Gregory. Nothing. No one, nobody gave the Cowboys a chance, but you did because you always believed you, the loyal Dallas Cowboys fan, 20-17, to the final score. People love to talk about how you can't fall to 0-2 because all of the projections, all of the playoff odds, all of the probability that falls, the Dallas Cowboys now 1-1 on the season. We've been saying for a long time that the Cowboys would go 1-1 through their first two games. They obviously took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down to the wire last week, but they did not go down to the wire. They went over the wire out in Los Angeles. They own that stadium. SoFi Stadium. Bummer for the Chargers, except we're not going to pour out anything for them tonight. Tonight we dine. Tomorrow, by the way, is Victory Polo Monday because the Cowboys won today. Tomorrow we wear polos, kind of like these. If you have a polo, you put it on, you take a picture, you tweet it, tag us at Blog and the Boys, and we celebrate. This is our live post game show here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog and the Boys Facebook page. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook. Let's go ahead and let's begin. Let's take your comments, which is what this post game show is all about. You. The loyal, incredible, beautiful, handsome Dallas Cowboys fan. NC's biggest Dallas Cowboys fan says, Greg the leg, baby. Todd Hallerman says, I've missed this blog. Welcome back, Todd. We haven't gone anywhere. What's going on here? Uh, Tim Gross says, not a big fan of clock management at the end, but a W is a W. Let's launch right in right now. By the way, we are going to discuss our winners, our losers, our honorable mentions. Uh, I will write about this on Monday, maybe late Sunday at blogoftheboys.com, depending how many root beers I have between now and then. Uh, So if you have any winners, losers, honorable mentions, please let us know in the comments. But I do not have a problem with the clock management here at the end personally. Now, here's where I fall on this. Greg Zerline did make the 56-yard field goal. Tom also chimes in on Facebook and says the time management was horrible. Um, Look, I understand if you feel this way. However... And I'm not a fan of putting this game in the hands or rather the feet of a kicker who struggled last week. Uh, But the Cowboys clearly felt comfortable with a 56-yard attempt. I like the clock management from the perspective. What killed the Cowboys last week, what was a huge bummer, is they went down the field. Greg Zerline kicked what should have been a game-winning field goal, but they left Tom Brady too much time on the clock. I like that the Cowboys got into range, that they were comfortable with, and they were tied. The Cowboys weren't losing. This wasn't like Tampa either. This was a tie ball game at 17-17. The Cowboys said, we like these odds. We want to bleed this clock down. We want to take it all the way down to zero so that if we don't make this kick, if the greatness of Greg Zerline does not come through, does not transpire the way Jim Nance is going to say it on the broadcast, then we're okay. We go to overtime. We still have a chance and an opportunity to win this game ultimately, I understand if you're upset, but I don't think this was any buffoonery. I don't think this was any mistakes. I don't think this was any not understanding what was going on from the Cowboys. I think they had a plan, and it worked, and maybe there was a little bit of luck there, uh, but this plan definitely paid off for the Dallas Cowboys. They are one and one, as mentioned. So, let's see here. Uh, Yasmin says, I really thought we were going to go 0-2, so happy we pulled this one off. Go Cowboys. Indeed. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's uh, Donna Lee says, boom. Boom, Shakalaka. Okay. that Shakalaka, um, the Commercial is fantastic. Um, Jose says the pass rush was pretty good this time. Not a whole lot better, but decent. Let's be clear here: this game was um, gross in a lot of senses. Uh, this game was was gross from a penalty standpoint. This game had a lot of penalties in a number of different ways, both against the Chargers and the Cowboys. Uh, some penalties that I think we understood. Some penalties that were ticky tack, and some penalties that were way out of line and hard to completely and totally interpret. Um, that being said. Um, I mean, you know, that's the way football goes. That's a bummer. That's kind of a trope. Uh, But, I mean, the Cowboys had the same circumstances that the Chargers did in this game. You're going to have a friend. I promise you. You're going to have a friend or a family member that's going to tell you the Cowboys got bailed out by this. The Chargers had two touchdowns taken away by penalties. Cowboys had a lot taken away by penalties, too, in this game. Uh, Adrian says uh, refs were horrible for both sides. Yeah, I mean, it really was. Erica says the play calling stinks. Now, the Cowboys won this game. I do want to say, and we are going to get to our winners, losers, and honorable mentions, the entire Cowboys defense deserves a round of applause here. Playing without Demarcus Lawrence, playing without Randy Gregory, playing without Donovan Wilson, they were down three starters, and they held the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert, a very talented quarterback, somebody who... I think we think could be in the mix for MVP this year if the Chargers season breaks right, very talented, reigning rookie of the year, on and on. We don't have to go through Justin Herbert's resume. They held him to 17 points. I think the Cowboys defense more than carried their end of the bargain here, and they gave their offense a chance. In fact, I think the Cowboys offense barely did enough. I mean, the Cowboys offense put 20 points on the board. Granted, you know, they had two field goals in that mix there, but I mean, this was a a day that the defense carried the Cowboys, and we didn't really ever think that that would happen, right? Like we have all all said You know, if this defense was just average, if if this defense was just middle of the road, if this was just kind of the 13th, 14th, 15th, I'll take 18th best defense in the NFL, this offense is good enough to win games. And this offense wasn't that way this week. This wasn't the offense that we saw in Tampa. This was an offense that wasn't necessarily asleep at the wheel, but an offense that struggled to the point of Erica saying play calling stinks. I loved what Kellen Moore did. I loved that Kellen was creative, but it felt like Kellen, Kellen, uh, Kellen was a little bit too aggressive at times. And so, you know... Hey, uh, Kyle Lang says, great gritty game. Get rid of idiot fossil. John Fossil, I'll tell you right now, did. Uh, make my losers list. Tyrese Banks says this defense is opportunistic. Cowboys defense again, just fantastic, fantastic play today. Trayvon Diggs had an incredible interception on the Chargers first possession. Again, the Cowboys didn't capitalize on that. The DeMonte KZ interception in the end zone, that really saved the Cowboys, obviously. And even before that, there was the holding call on Los Angeles that obviously took a touchdown off the board, a correctly called holding, but still that's just kind of the ebbs and flow of an NFL game. Uh Scott Yak says gotta love the way the safeties played with a turnaround. Seriously, without Donovan Wilson, this was impressive. Uh, Randy says, nice to win a close game. Seriously, this has been something the Cowboys have struggled with. The Cowboys have not defeated a team that finished the season with an above 500 record since they beat the Los Angeles Rams in 2019 back in week 15. So this is a very talented team, one that I think we all think is going to be in the playoffs when it's all said and done. For the Cowboys to go there and just a gritty game, a tough game, you know, things go on your way, things not go on your way, lots of different stuff like that to hang on to win with a lot of adversity really said a lot in fact this was um, before we get to winners and losers I want your answers yes or no if you're watching live with us on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page do subscribe to the YouTube channel like us on Facebook was this the best performance of the Dallas Cowboys under Mike McCarthy now entering this game and look I know you have thoughts on Mike McCarthy but we're talking about this performance specifically entering this game the Cowboys had only played five total games front to back with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Four of them last year because, obviously, Dak got hurt. Uh, They're in the Giants game in Week 5, and, obviously, last week against Tampa Bay. The Cowboys were 1-4 in in those games, the one win being against the Atlanta Falcons last year during the watermelon kick. I think this is the highest quality win, the best win, the, the grittiest win, the win that came against from a football standpoint only the the most controversy for mike mccarthy's dallas cowboys and so in that sense it really is impressive i mean think about it and to be fair here the cowboys did have a a long time because they played last thursday but they lost five starters from the last time they played a football game until now they went to los angeles granted a place where they had a lot of fans obviously and they beat a really talented team and they did it their way they got a lot of performances that were really impressive we'll get to those winners obviously like tony pollard like J. ron curse like trayvon diggs etc uh but this was really impressive alex pierce ling thank you for the super chat alex getting us off to a nice start here says with six starters out good teams find a way to win the old jason garrett team would have folded see i don't know that i 100 disagree with this because jason garrett teams did have that fight quality to them we did see them you know kind of grit things out sometimes i definitely agree that jason garrett's teams would have folded at certain times uh but again all things considered Lots of you saying yes here. Uh, Marlon says yes. Demetrius says yes. Sherry says yes. Hard fought, and they looked way more disciplined too. I mean, that's that's the one point I'll push back on. We saw some, you know, offsides, penalties, things that can't happen, you know, messy penalties. But here's the thing. You're going to have games. That don't go your way. You're going to have games where things go wrong. You're going to have games where things are off. And if you can power through and win those types of games, I mean, it's going to work out really nicely for you in the end. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's talk winners first. Let's go with winners. Who were your winners from this game? Dallas Cowboys defeat the Los Angeles Chargers 20 to 17. My first winner. I think you're all going to agree with it. In fact, he is our star of the game here at Blogging the Boys. Drum roll, please. We actually don't have a drum roll sound effect, so I'm sorry about that. But Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, far and away, the star of the game for the Dallas Cowboys, had 106 yards on the ground. In total, had over 130 yards from scrimmage. Tony Pollard, by far, the MVP of this game for the Dallas Cowboys, blogging the boys' star of the game. You all have a lot of suggestions, and we will get to them, but let's see the first person that I see to say Pollard was David Allen Romo. Not sure if there's any relation uh, to the person who called this game for the Cowboys. Peter uh, Michelle also says uh, Tony Pollard, and uh, Kevin says Pollard. Todd says Pollard is a cat. Uh, let's see here. Alex Pollard and Coop. I don't want to take away from Amari Cooper, but I want to make this all about Tony Pollard. This was fantastic. And this is what we have been saying forever from Kellen Moore, right? We want to see the utilization of both Cowboys running backs. And I don't want to turn this into a fight about Pollard or Zeke or anything like that. I just want to celebrate what Tony Pollard did. However... There is no denying that in this game specifically, if we're talking about today's game, Sunday's game, the win, when the Dallas Cowboys won, don't let anybody forget that, when the Dallas Cowboys won against the Los Angeles Chargers, there's no denying that Tony Pollard was the better runner. I'm, again, I don't want to you know turn this into you like, I like, whatever. Tony Pollard was the best running back on the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday out in Los Angeles, a huge reason why they won this football game. He was a versatile weapon, and this is what we've been saying all along. We know the Cowboys obviously paid Zeke on and on and on, but Cowboys you have an incredible weapon in your arsenal and Tony Pollard use him and it seems like Kellen Moore finally got that we saw him utilize in the run game in the pass game reverses obviously on special teams Tony Pollard is extremely versatile and Kellen Moore is finally starting to understand that in a way that is translating literally into victories for the Dallas Cowboys so Tony Pollard and away, the top premier winner for the Cowboys out in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Congratulations to him. Uh, let's see here. By the way, you know, while we're talking about Tony Pollard, let's go ahead and let's let's show some love. Tony Pollard got the scoring started for the Cowboys out in LA. Here is his first touchdown. He's found
2: five different targets. He's going to
1: hand it off. It's powered and he's across
2: for the Dallas touchdown.
3: What a great drive if you're a Cowboy.
1: You saw that stat, by the way, there at the end, the first opening drive touchdown for the Cowboys since week 14 of 2019. Like we said, the last time they beat a team with a, a record that, or with a, a team that finished with a record above 500 was one week later in week 15 of 2019. Tony Pollard, great job there. Alex, thank you again for the super chat, says Micah the Beast. In fact, let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about Micah Parsons, who also made, uh, he didn't make my winner's list, and maybe I'm a little bit too low on this, but Micah Parsons certainly, an honorable mention for Micah Parsons to come in his second NFL game and to be tasked with playing defensive end, not his natural position. Obviously, he played in high school and everything, not trying to diminish that. But for Micah Parsons to come in and to do this and to play really, really, really well. I mean, to really, you know, you can debate, you know, how well he played, but he made a difference. And that's ultimately what this is about. I mean, we want to see this. Micah Parsons was, you know, I know everybody wanted J.C. Horn. Everybody wanted Patrick Sertan, but Micah Parsons fell to the Cowboys, and the rationalization was he's going to be a difference. He's going to be somebody that you can utilize in a number of different ways. So Micah Parsons, seriously, and Micah had a huge moment in this game. Micah had a sack. He got his first sack of his NFL career, and it came on an important moment that really was a part of the Chargers settling for a field goal down there at the very end. A parade of flags and getting into the end zone and take the lead for the first time in this game
2: all kinds of time, backpedaling to the 20, and now, watch out, unloads it, does not make it back to the line of scrimmage, but he was hit when he threw it. Cowboys are signaling, hey, we want grounded.
3: Oh, they're calling him down. He driving backwards. No. It is going to be third it's a, down from this spot. It, wow, He's back at the 26. Sack. They're calling him down at the 25 a sack, which I don't think is a good call here, but they're going to call it. He
2: said because he was in the grass and he was backpedaling. Wow, that was awful quick to make that call.
3: No, that's not a good call.
1: You'll notice it was Osa Adigizua right behind Micah Parsons coming for Justin Herbert. Jared Wall says Micah was a winner, kept the pressure up all, uh, all game long. Sorry, I read that. All game, excuse me. Odessa says Parsons did beyond his job today. Carlos says Parsons balled out. Seriously, the fact that Parsons came in again, never had played defensive end of the NFL, had barely played linebacker in the NFL. And the fact that he was disruptive, the fact that he did keep the pressure on all day, the fact that he was a force for Justin Herbert to contend with really, really is just incredibly impressive for the Cowboys. And impressive for the Cowboys. Again, I think it was kind of an obvious thing to, you know, plug Micah in there with DeMarcus Lawrence breaking his foot, Randy Gregory being on the COVID list, but that was bold of the Cowboys to actually roll those dice I do want to say one thing if you were watching the game and able to hear the commentary I'm sure some of you watching in different environments different watch parties or whatever the case may be Gene Steratore was on the broadcast with Tony Romo and Jim Nance and came out and had this hogwash you know explanation how he didn't like the call because they ultimately ruled, uh, ruled Justin Herbert you know to be sacked here in this play they ruled him down because Micah Parsons had him wrapped up they didn't I think if, if they'd allowed Justin Herbert to throw that ball I think it would have been intentional grounding anyway so it actually worked out for the Chargers that they ruled it this way. But Gene Steratore was talking about I don't like this call. You got to allow the quarterback to make a special play. That's crap to me because you cannot have it both ways. We've seen so much in the NFL that there's so much protection for quarterbacks. They obviously want to protect the most important players in the game, the players who impact the game the most, etc. You can't have it both ways because if you don't call him down in that moment with Micah Parsons wrapping him up, then Micah Parsons hits him, and then a star quarterback gets hurt or whatever the case may be. I do see here. Uh, Muhammad notes uh, Romo agreed to steroid. Ah, I disagree with Romo. I really do. Th- you can't say you know what you gotta you gotta let Justin Herbert have that moment here because again, the moment you do that, the moment a star quarterback gets hurt. Or the moment that a player, in this case Micah Parsons, is trying to finish that play because he hasn't heard a whistle and he takes down a quarterback and then he gets called for unsportsmanlike conduct or roughing the pass or something stupid like that. Jared Wall says 100%. Larry says agree. Glad to see you guys are, uh, you know, super smart people that you agree with me, obviously. But yeah, I just, I didn't like Gene Steratour caping for the rule. And again, If that rule is not instituted, it actually hurts the Cowboys because if you don't rule Justin Herbert down, if you allow that pass to get off, then it's intentional grounding and they lose the down. So this idea that, man, this really hurt the Chargers here. Like, again, there were a lot of penalties in this game and some worked for the Chargers, some worked for the Cowboys. You can go a number of different directions, but I thought that was a lot of crap for Gene Steratore Steratore to come out and kind of say that, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, Let's see here. Let's go. uh, uh, Peter, by the way, or no, where was this? a comment here i lost it one moment ago uh, uh david's david says uh got you david oh no david that's not you david's man david i'm having a hard time getting this comment here herbert wasn't even in a throwing motion until micah had to hold him for a second or two again agreed uh glad you guys are geniuses let's get back to winners and losers though we've announced two winners so far here on our live post game show if you're just joining us please subscribe here to the blog and the boys youtube channel and like us on facebook you can follow me on twitter or instagram at rjo tony pollard uh, is a winner. Micah Parsons, an honorable mention. Again, got his first NFL sack, you know, really just was super impressive. Don't want to take anything away from him, but We but we, well, we do have a lot of winners to get to. You all have mentioned him. J. Ron Curse, man alive. Holy crap. Seriously, just an incredible thing to have a safety, continually be around the ball, continually making plays. I thought the defensive pass interference against J. Ron Curse was just That was one of those. I mean, this again, it's it's hard to say this penalty was more egregious. That penalty was more egregious. This game had a lot of really bad penalties that went both ways, and I think we would all agree with that. There were penalties that worked negatively against the Cowboys, penalties that worked negatively against the Chargers. There were big-time penalties that worked negatively against the Cowboys and negatively against the Chargers. Again, some of them were obvious. Some of them were fine with whatever, but I don't want to make a, a mountain out of that molehill, but J. Ron curse had an interception in this game that was an incredible play uh Tyrese says curse is a winner uh chris says uh chris i've lost your comment chris uh chris says curse was awesome i agree jared wall says that call was was also gar- or was soon garbage i'm uh, talking about the uh the jayron curse defensive pass interference here and that's the thing like you can't call defensive pass interference in certain cases like the jayron curse moment and then not call it in others and that's that's a thing like if if you're going to say that's a penalty, we're going to disagree with you, but at least call it that way the entire game. And that didn't happen. But that wasn't just the only moment that J. Ron Curse was involved. Almost got home on Justin Herbert several times. Several big tackles. I mean, he was incredible. And this was kind of a game where all of the Cowboys' additions in the secondary really popped and really flourished and really shined. I mean, J. Ron Curse obviously among them and, and really, you know, an obvious winner, a, a really stout I think, impressive performance from him. But another one, another winner is DeMonte KZ. Again, these are players who the Cowboys added in the offseason. And we all kind of rolled our eyes. We all kind of said, OK, whatever. They're treating the, the safety position the way they always do. They're not going to go out and get any big time names. That's not the Cowboys way. They went out. They got Dan Quinn's guys in Keanu Neal, who was fine today as well. They got DeMonte KZ. They got Jaron Ron Curse. And we all kind of were like, man, you know, what's this ultimately going to look like here? Well, J Ron curse was huge. DeMonte Casey. I think you can make an argument, you know, obviously if you're trying to pick the most important moment of the game, it's going to be the game winning field goal, but you can make an argument that DeMonte Casey had the most important play of the entire game for the Cowboys.
3: In zone intercepted. And you said, we just said it. they need to come up with a huge play and what a mistake by Herbert throwing the ball. And Kazee comes up with a momentum-changing and possibly a game-winning move. Intercepted.
2: And we'll be back in 30 seconds.
1: I also want to note something about this moment. Um, Let's see here. This comment, uh, Tyree says, KZ has made two big red zone plays in two games. Agreed. Obviously, DeMonte KZ had the hat on the ball last week against the Buccaneers that popped the Chris Godwin ball out loose right in front of the end zone. And people killed Jordan Lewis for this. I disagree with that, but um, I loved... I absolutely loved that DeMonte KZ fell back into the end zone here. I thought that was such, if, if you're if you're looking at underrated moments like, you know, elements from this game that aren't going to shine, it is that DeMonte KZ fell back into the end zone here. He saved the Cowboys 20 yards in that moment, which was important. I mean, and by the way, Alex, thank you again for the Super chat. his winner, Dan Quinn. It's very obvious the impact that Dan Quinn is having here, not just in the fact that DeMonte KZ is his guy, obviously. By the way, we've all talked about how DeMonte KZ, you know, led the interceptions in NFL a couple of years ago or tied for the lead rather I mean but this and look the Jordan Lewis thing is different and we talked about that on last week's post game show how we kind of thought that he might have thought he was out of the end zone which is why he took the fumble out but Demonte Casey having the mental wherewithal to fall back into the end zone not every player in the NFL does that lots of times and it's a bang bang situation guys are, are just trying to figure out what to do once they get their hands on the ball but Demonte KZ having that experience to know let me fall back This is an easy 20 yards. I'm not going to try to be a hero here. This was an important moment. And I do think that that's something that shows and exemplifies the impact that Dan Quinn has had on this team. And so thank you again for highlighting that, Alex. I mean, seriously. Demonte KZ, one of the biggest winners from this game. Frank Valdez says, uh, "Oh, let's go. Uh, uh, rat ate the cat. Uh, that sounds horrible. Says it wasn't pretty, but a win is a win. I was getting to Frank's comments. His defense did awesome today. Uh, let's see here. Um, a lot of you are. We'll get to losers in a minute. Um, you all have a very obvious uh, loser, and I think you all know who we're talking about. But you've all landed on one of the more important winners here. All right, winner Terrence Steele. All right, let's get around." Of applause for Terrence Steele, wherever you're watching, whatever you're doing, if you're at home, if you're if you're in the car, don't do it, you know, because you're driving. But let's get a round of applause wherever you are. Let's get some hand clapping emojis here. Because seriously, what an impressive performance from Terrence Steele. And let's all line up to eat some humble pie because we all said this is stupid. This is a dumb idea. Do not do this, Cowboys. Do not go down this road with Terrence Steele because we've seen it, and it is not good. Kick Zach Martin out the right tackle. Do whatever. I mean, we mentioned the Cowboys, you know, uh, let's see. Alex Storm says, is the same Terrence Steele? Is this the same Terrence Steele everyone had on blast last week? And this is a great point from Alex. Now, to in all of our defense, we had a lot of data to – not believe (laughs) right that's that's okay that's okay to admit by the way runt dog uh says uh or just throws a bunch of beers here for Terrence Steele so we're really celebrating thank you for all the applauses Marvin Johnson I've lost Marvin's comment here uh uh Marvin says big ups to Terrence Steele I do want to talk about this because Terrence Steele was somebody I really don't know and let's be let's let's go We have a lot of people watching live. Shout out to all of you. We love you so much at of the Voice. If you are watching live, I'm going to trust you. All right? Yes or no, did you believe that this was a good idea? Yes or no, did you believe starting Terrence Steele at right tackle against Joey Bosa was a good idea? Shanour says, I believed Terrence Steele would play good. I'm not going to call anyone a liar. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying I don't know a lot of people that believe this. We've got a lot of no's. Jared, kind enough to offer full capital letters. Jaime says, no, bunch of O's. Alex Pierce-Ling says, hell yes. You know, hey, maybe you really did believe this. Uh, Ninja says, I thought that man was going to get his lunch money stolen. It really seemed that way, you know, and again, good for Terrence Steele, for shutting all of us up all right because we all said we all had another plan that we preferred right we all wanted zach martin at right tackle some of us even said you know what throw connor williams at right tackle you know get connor mcgovern in at left guard get your best five on the field none of us thought that that included Terrence Steele. The Cowboys believed, and to their credit, they look like geniuses right now. They said in every opportunity they had, every radio appearance Jerry Jones did, every time that Mike McCarthy spoke, it was Terrence Steele had a great offseason. He worked really hard. He got stronger. This is his second year in the NFL blah, blah, blah. They believed they were right. Terrence Steele was phenomenal against Joey Bosa. Uh, JJ, the mime, thank you for the super chat, says, thoughts on Dak? I think he played good without a touchdown. All right, let's uh, transition here because, look, you guys, this is your show. This is your post game show. You steer the direction, and I'm simply just the puppet. You guys hold the string. So whatever you want to talk about, we're going to hit. So JJ wants our thoughts on Dak Prescott. Um, let's go. Everybody one to 10 is kind of the best way to grade this. I'll give Dak a six to seven out of 10. I thought he was, he was what the team needed. This wasn't a fancy box score. Dak wasn't going to win you any fantasy game this week. This was a, a relatively solid performance. From Dak Prescott. However, the interception gross. No idea what you're doing Dak and you know, I'm very excited to see what Mark Schofield has to say about this. Mark does a series for us called Dak Watch. He writes every week at bloggingtheboys.com to break down what Dak is kind of thinking. Mark's a former quarterback, played it in college. Uh, Really phenomenal series. We started last week at blogging the boys. So ultimately, um, I'm excited to kind of see what Dak was thinking on the interception. I think we've all kind of learned that the interception against Tampa was more on CD than it was on him. But this interception against the Chargers was gross. And I think the offense as a whole kind of skated in this game. And I think that Dak, it's hard to say Dak skated. I think, again, he did what was necessary. And he led the drive that helped the Cowboys obviously get the game-winning field goal. He did enough. He did barely enough. And sometimes that's what it takes. And ultimately what I would say to that is if anyone on the team, Arguably, if anyone in the NFL has earned the right to skate for a week and have his team carry him, it's probably Dak Prescott. I mean, he's been the guy that's carried them. We talk so much about, you know, this was the fifth full game with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott on the Cowboys, and the first four were volatile. The first four were Dak, 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 and the Cowboys trying to do something to help him out. And so the fact that Dak was able to just kind of not get in the way a ton, um, I think, is fine. Um, But, you know, certainly you would have loved to see something better. Um, Salam says Dak was good. More needs to stop getting cute. I did think that, you know, Kellen did get a little cute. So, um, you know, hey, it is what it is. But a fine performance. Now, Scott, thank you for the super chat. Scott says, what about the depth? Depth came up huge on this game. It's been a long time since we had this kind of depth all over the field. And I think this kind of works with the Dak idea because – Obviously, the, the depth at the quarterback position uh, wasn't something that was a factor today against the Chargers. But depth along the team, right? Like that's what this is about, and I think that's what your point might be, Scott. I don't want to speak for you; it's your money, your super chat. But I mean, this was a game where the Cowboys had other people carry them, other people contribute. The J. Ron curses, the Demonte KZs, the Terrence Steals, is the Osa Digizuas. Osa had a really nice game. I mean, there were a lot of Cowboys players down. And you know what? I mean, I don't want to upset anybody but I'll go ahead and go this direction one of my honorable mentions Scott and I think this fits well with depth Jalen Smith all right Jalen Smith I thought this was one of Jalen's better games as a Dallas Cowboy certainly better games in the last three years and the Cowboys had to rely on him. To the to Scott's point about depth, because they played Micah Parsons, at defensive end, because they had Micah Parsons rushing the passer, because Micah Parsons was all the way involved in different things, Jalen Smith had to be way more involved in terms of the way we all would have ultimately preferred him not be. Uh, Tim Logan says agreed on number nine. Chris Randall says Jalen was decent. And I'm not trying to say that the bar is low because then you get all the trolls that are like, man, this is so sad. The Cowboys used to be all about winning Super Bowls. Now decent's the bar. No, we're not saying that. What we're saying is, you know, he's – we people don't have the highest opinions of Jalen Smith. That's generally the consensus. Um, So the fact that he came in in a moment where the Cowboys really needed him and succeeded is worth – look, lots of people take the opportunity to bag, to trash, to make jokes, to share memes, whatever. So we should, you know, celebrate when things work out. Dan says, Jalen did play better. I can't deny him that. agree with you. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Kevin says Jalen was okay. Crawford says agreed. Oh, That's Chuck Crawford. Where are you at? Uh, I lost your comment. Agreed. Uh, I was afraid 11, a defensive end meant more nine, but he played well. Agreed. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, Luther just coming in. Cowboys stressed me out, but good win. Totally agreed. Uh, Dan Brockett says Jalen played like he was playing for his job. Yeah, he kind of did. I mean, uh, Burmese star says, yeah, got to give nine a hat tip. Solid game. Chris B says thoughts on Zeke. All right, let's have this conversation. I've got a root beer here. Um, Let's go with your. Actually, I'll let's we got I've got two questions when it comes to Zeke. All right. Two questions. Number one, um, give me a word to describe Zeke Elliott in, in this game. Now, I agree with Jared. He can block. All right. Well, Jared, let's get your comment here. I had trouble clicking this. Um, he can block. Totally agreed. And that element is underrated. You cannot you know, say enough about how valuable Zeke is in the past game as a blocker. Obviously an important game for that. Um, Let's see here. Christopher Phillips says uh, beast. Uh, Carlton says efficient. Uh, Paul says workhorse. Marcelo says tired. Um, Nick says disappointing. Jaime says decent. Doxon says decoy. Um, Chris, uh, I'm going to steal Chris's answer. And I think it's fair to steal Chris because the challenge was one word. You went with two. So you kind of cheated. So team player. That's what Zeke is right now. I think, though, um, and I've lost this comment now here. Uh, Jared says humble. This is an interesting uh, way to go. This Abel says 20 is better than 21. Let's say you're the new offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Whoever you are, you and all your glory. You're the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Who's your starting running back? You get to make that decision. Who's your starting running back? Who? who Who is it? Because that's a fair question. It's a, It's not a fun question to answer on the internet, but who is your starting running back if you are the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys Richard Smith says 20 obviously talking about Tony Pollard here um it's hard to deny um it's hard to deny that Tony Pollard is better right now he looks better a lot of you are saying Zeke we got plenty of Zeke answers Chris Randall speaks for you Sydney uh or David says David and Morgan Sydney, I've lost your comments is 21 I personally right now think you know Owen says uh Zeke let's not get it twisted maybe the argument isn't Tony Pollard's better, but there's no denying the argument that Tony Pollard deserves a role. There's no denying that. We'll get the honorable mention here off the off the screen. There's no denying that Tony Pollard deserves a role, and this game proves that. This game justifies that. I mean, th- this game is concrete proof that Tony Pollard needs to have a role on offense because the offense at different times moves more efficiently. In fact, you know, late in the game, Cowboys are trying to go score to go win this game. First, plays a handoff to Zeke and it goes nowhere, you know. And I'm not saying that that means Zeke is, you know, washed or trash or anything like that, but I I like this comment from Jeremy, but I'm going to steal this one. It's completely situational. There are, and it feels like there are more situations and more moments that suggest that Tony Pollard is your man in that particular moment, but there are certainly times and moments that make sense for Zeke Elliott as well. It's a very interesting, um, you know, kind of place to be in if you are the Cowboys, you know. Look, the fact that you have them both is obviously what you want. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so let's uh, let's get back, though, to winners and losers because the Zeke Pollard thing, we do roundtables here at Blogging the Boys on our YouTube channel every Tuesday, and we'll have one, obviously, this Tuesday as we continue to celebrate the fact that the Cowboys won. Uh, and so we'll get more into the Zeke Pollard discussion as we have more time to kind of reflect on it. But let's talk another winner. We haven't mentioned him, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon, we believe in you. Trayvon Diggs. Diggs, we believe in you. Just, I mean, are you confident? I'm, I think I am, but are you confident that the Cowboys have a star cornerback on their roster? Because I think that they do. Matt says Diggs is my guy. And maybe he isn't that guy right now, but he is certainly ascending in that direction. David says CB1. Uh let's see here. Uh Shane says Diggs made that interception look easy. Trust me, it's not. Shane, I do trust you with my life. Uh, let's see here. Um, Uh, let's uh everyone's saying yes uh i agree paul noting that trayvon Diggs has interceptions in back-to-back weeks let's take a look at trayvon's interception because this was it's the interception i think of the season it's not you know what we saw yesterday in college football but it's only the interception of the nfl season for the cowboys this is really nice
2: third play it's herbert intercepted you just mentioned
3: Diggs. that's his fifth pick in his first 14 career games. That is unbelievable. What a play by Diggs. An over route. You don't intercept these passes. Diving. Cowboys. What a start in California.
1: Perfect play. Perfect play by Trayvon. Alex says stud trending towards star. Sherry says, yeah, Diggs. I mean, uh, Kevin says Diggs' interception was amazing. I agree. This... This is what we want to see. And I, I took a lot of heat from you guys in our post-game show last week because I didn't, you know, throw a parade for Trayvon's interception against the Bucks. It was a tip ball, whatever. But this is what we want to see. This is the type of play. We want to see Cowboys corners breaking on the ball, jumping in front of passes, deflecting them, obviously, but intercepting them. That is what we want to see. And it seems like the Cowboys have finally unlocked that uh, in Trayvon Dix. I don't have this person as a winner, uh, but uh, thanks to Alex for our super chat winner, Joe Philbin. You know, Joe Philbin doesn't get talked about a lot obviously but he oversees the Cowboys offensive line and you know again we talked about Terrence Steele I thought this was a really clean game for the Cowboys offensive line as a whole still not the best game for Tyler Biotish but Joe Philbin definitely had the Cowboys offensive line ready to go against a stout Chargers front we all thought that this was going to be a long day uh, for the Cowboys offensive line against the Chargers against Joey Bosa and so you know the fact that Joe Philbin had everybody ready to go I think is impressive so shout out to him uh, let's see here uh, David Sanderson still had a good game I agree uh, let's go. Uh, Jose says, what about Armstrong? He did okay. You know what, Jose? You might have been reading what I was doing. Because honorable mention, Dorrance Armstrong. Seriously, Dorrance Armstrong, first game without Demarcus Lawrence. We all kind of believed in the preseason. I mean, Really, really, really nice performance from him to really kind of get things off to a strong start in the games without Demarcus Lawrence. It will be exciting to see what he can do with Randy Gregory back on the opposite side of him. That is um, what we're all looking forward to, obviously. But a really, again, you know, there's winners, there's losers, there's honorable mentions. I thought Dorrance Armstrong, he was an impact. I mean, he made an impact. He was certainly in the backfield a lot, disrupting things that Justin Herbert was trying to do. Uh, so, yeah, kudos to uh, Dorrance Armstrong. Darian, thank you for the super chats. It's Trayvon Diggs. You better stay away. I don't know, are you talking to me or to Trayvon? Defense is no joke. Uh, I think you're talking to quarterbacks, sorry. They will only get better the more they play together. Curse has to start. Again, J-Ron Curse, really solid game. I think that you can make an argument that the most impressive winner – Was J. Ron Kerr, maybe the most unexpected winner? Because we all kind of expect, you know, the big names to do well. We all kind of expect Micah Parsons to do well. We all expect those things. But J. Ron Kerr's to come in and just show up out of nowhere and be a winner for the Cowboys. By the way, if you have Sunday Night Football on, which you definitely have on behind us, because you're definitely part of our postgame show, uh, they are showing the highlights from this game. Uh, Just fantastic! Cowboys beat the Chargers. Cowboys won. Like seriously, I mean, how are we not? How have we not shown the game-winning field goal yet? The Dallas Cowboys beat the Los Angeles Chargers today. Zerline's kick—is it long enough? It is
3: into the net for the victory. You called it. What a job!
1: All right, so it's time to steer into the losers' conversation, and Greg Zerline is an interesting place to start. I think Greg Zerline's. An, uh, we'll start here. Do, are you confident in Greg Zerline because he made the game-winning field goal? Yes or no. Are are you suddenly, uh, have you forgiven what Greg Zerline did? Greg Zerline came to you, he bought you a present, everything that you've been kind of looking for, you know, batted his eyes at you, and Greg Zerline, you know, you want to forgive. But do you forgive Greg Zerline for last week because of what we saw? Uh, Lots of answers here. Neil says yes. Neil's an optimistic person. Uh, Demetrius says nope. David Morgan, not at all. Jaime says yes. Uh, Christopher says forgiving, but not forgetting. Paul says more confident. Tim says 50, 50. Um, lots of you are all over the place and that's understandable. So Richard Smith takes us into a direction and I wanted to start with John, uh, with, uh, Greg Greg's here. Excuse me. I'm too excited. The Cowboys want am gassed up. Uh, but Richard takes us into this conversation. Number one, loser bones. Now, look, it's not fun to talk about things that are not good on the Dallas Cowboys, but we have to be fair and i think for me the top loser i haven't written this yet but i will write about it at com. the number one loser in this game is john fossil i i think it's fair to say we've had it with John Fossil. Um, I and I I look, John Fossil is it's appropriate that the Cedric Wilson crazy punt return happened in the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year because that game was the reason the Cowboys believed in Garrett Gilbert, right? That game and the special team's performance in it again, that crazy punt return, whatever, but that game is the reason why John Fossil is believed in. And look, I don't want to say that John Fossil's had a tremendous career, uh, certainly on the special team side of this game. He's obviously got a long resume. He's obviously accomplished a lot. He's obviously an NFL legacy. I mean, there's all these things. He's a very nice person, right? And that's, this one's a tough one to call a loser. Cause John Fossil seems so nice, right? Like I just want to, you know, play Monopoly with him, I mean, you know, like have a, have a great, you know, kind of Friday night. Uh, but D Morrell says, I'm sick of John Fossil. Um, I do not understand, uh, and I'm not listening to the Sunday Night Football broadcast, but Jeremy says getting love from Drew Brees, that's always a good thing. Shout out Drew. Uh, I do see him here. Drew looks good. That's all I'll say. Uh, but I have no idea why John Fossil is sending the house at the end of the first half on 4th and 20. What are you doing? What are you doing, John Fossil? Why? What are you? What? Wh- who, who wins here? I mean, who, what, why, why, what are you doing? Like there are circumstances that lend to, you know, trying to block a punt, right? Like if you're down or something, you need a miracle, you know, like there are those moments, but to do this in that moment made Absolutely no sense. Christopher Phillips comes out. Pissed me off. Pissed me off too, Christopher, because there's nothing that you benefit from here. That was such an important moment in the game. The Cowboys are slated to get the ball back with enough time to go score. And I know that the offense wasn't great like we talked about here, but, you know, that's a potential opportunity to score. And so, John, Bones, whatever you want to be called, Mr. Vasectomy, you do not have to send Everybody, because what's going to happen is anytime you come remotely close to the punter, you should know this as the special teams guy. He is going to fall down. And generally speaking, refs are going to call this a penalty. But especially in the game of all games where penalties were called, that game or that movement is going to merit a flag. And lo and behold, what happens? It's a flag. So despite the fact that it was fourth and 20, the Cowboys don't even get the ball because John Fossil wants to feel cool for three seconds. And I don't understand how Mike McCarthy can vet this and be fine with it. I agree with Cactus Jesus. There is such a thing as being too clever. Um, Now, Mario says special teams has been an issue since last season. I think we should admit that the Cowboys, in in measurable statistics, uh, Rick Goose Goslin does an incredible job doing this every season, uh, evaluating and measuring the success of special teams and how they improve from the year prior to that. The Cowboys special teams in 2019 we a disaster. All right. I mean, an absolute disaster. And to be fair, the Cowboys did technically improve last year. So, you know, Hey, let's give John fossil his deserved kudos. But remember at the beginning of last year, like I know we're all sitting here singing Tony Pollard's praises. And I think we all should be doing that. Do you remember how bad Tony Pollard was at kickoff returns last year when he was bringing kicks out that were like more than halfway into the end zone. Remember in Seattle, when Tony Pollard fumbled coming out like at the two yard line and then fell on it at like the four yard line, special teams, were actually a disaster for the Cowboys last year. We just talked about how none of us have a full sense of confidence in Greg Zerline. He is John Fossil's dude. And then John Fossil's going to go, you know, send the house again and cost the Cowboys points. Last week against Tampa Bay, John Fossil specifically, I know Greg Zerline was the foot that executed the code red, but John Fossil specifically and his, for re- whatever reason, unending belief in Greg Zerline, Costed the Cowboys four points in a game that they lost by two. What's more is John Fossil also seemingly vetted the Greg Zerline 60 yard field goal attempt last week, despite the fact that Greg Zerline was just two weeks removed from coming off the pup list. So nothing here has made sense. And then he costed the Cowboys an, a chance or an opportunity to score points. Any points could have been three points, could have been seven points, could have been eight points. I mean, who knows what that is? So John Fossil, is really really playing with fire here i like calling it being too clever yeah look we've all we've all done things in life where we we tried to bite off more than we could chew right and sometimes that works out right like sometimes you know when i first turned 21 years old went with some friends to las vegas Went to the blackjack table. I had 18. I said, hit me. Everybody said, that's stupid, RJ. What are you doing? Blah, blah. I said, hit me. Trust. I had no idea what I was doing. I was 21 years old. I was an idiot. But guess what came out? A three. Bam. I'm the genius. I hit 21. Picked up my chips. Let's go. Let's get out of here. I was a legend for the rest of the weekend. But you can't do that every single time and expect it to work out for you. And that's what John Fossil does. He always will hit. John Fossil will hit on 20. I mean, John Fossil is addicted to hitting in these moments. Moments, like sending the house on fourth and 20th into the first half so i know that we've gone on for a long time about this and i know that i feel or sound incredibly impassioned by this but it's because this almost costed the cowboys the game and it did cost them the game last week so you can't do this kind of stuff it's stupid and it's going to lead to you ultimately having more losses than wins which is not what we want for this team uh <laughs> shane by the way says john fossil will hit on 21 He'll find a way. He, he will definitely find a way. Um, Nick says, tell me how you really – look, I'm sorry. I'm, I am, you know, I am passionate about this because I'm – just like you, I'm sick of seeing the Cowboys lose when they should win. And maybe you make an argument that they shouldn't have won last week against Tampa. That's fine. But this was not a moment – to get cute. And I like I don't even think you can call it getting cute. This was getting fancy. This was being silly. Um this was being reckless and that's what the the Greg Greg Zerline had to bear all of the responsibility for John Fossil's decision-making last week. And today, tomorrow, this week, nobody will really remember John Fossil's mistake at the end of the first half because the Cowboys won. And that's ultimately what matters. But we can't look past the fact that John Fossil is rolling dice that don't need to be rolled here. And it is a decision-making process that isn't sustainable, that isn't responsible, and that isn't something that we should be okay with as Cowboys fans. So, look. I think what Kellen Moore has done is outstanding. I think what Dan Quinn has done is clearly impressive, and we're seeing a lot from it, and it's on the rise, and I'm very excited like you are too uh, to see what Dan Quinn's defense looks like. The fact that Dan Quinn went and got this win, held the Chargers to 17 points without three of his defensive starters, I mean, truly is impressive. I have yet to be impressed by John Fossil this season. Uh, Nicholas says it's on McCarthy too for listening. Totally agree. McCarthy, you want to be the guy? You want to tell us? And look, there are moments where being bold is beneficial. And you know what? And I I know that we're here to uh, talk about winners and losers and honorable mentions from the Cowboys. And I have one for the Chargers. Just if you're an NFL fan like me, if you like teams, because I think we all kind of like the Chargers, right? Like they're a cool team. And now we still get to root for them. Think about it. The Washington football team lost to the Chargers. Cowboys beat the Chargers. No big deal. Just pointing out facts. Chargers will still play the Eagles and the Giants this season. So we'll root for them twice. They're a fun team. But Brandon Staley going for two after the Chargers first touchdown is really impressive all right going for two in that moment is super impressive think about this if brandon staley doesn't get that two-point conversion then they're not in the same position the rest of the game field goals don't work for them the same way mathematically after micah parsons sacks justin herbert after the third down doesn't work out they can't kick that field goal to tie because they'd be down by four points so brandon staley doing that is a really really wise thing and those are the moments where being bold has merits those are the moments where being bold has positive results that you can yield from it john fossil doesn't seem to understand that which is a a totally different thing uh let's see we have not talked about uh speaking of um crazy things because that's just kind of what we're on the last play of the first half i know we talked about you know the the fourth and 20 decision but this was almost really intense can't yeah because they're up there on a man-to-man now he's got to try and scramble and then throw it
2: lamb with the catch able to get away from murray he's got elliot off his right wing gives it to elliot he's out of bounds at the four
3: oh, i think he got to the one jim
2: well i think oh. it might have been a forward lateral i'm not sure but derwin james able to save the day the last man
3: in the last line of defense and we talked about it earlier you just need to get the ball in cd lamb's hand he's going to make something happen and right here they're playing backyard this is just the option right there. there. It was a, that Tommy was a clean Frazier handle. over to who?
2: Yeah. Well, they needed 51, Tony. They got 49.
1: I mean, almost. Close, but no Cigar. Uh, I do want to read you two quotes. Dak Prescott at the podium after the game. This is exact quote. First win of many. You go off, QB1. You go off. Uh, C.D. Lamb was asked about the crowd at SoFi Stadium. Obviously, a lot of Cowboys fans in the building says, we felt it, we heard it, and we loved it. Cowboys Nation definitely came out. It felt like a home game personally. That's how I look at it. We heard them every time. A great atmosphere. So kudos to the Cowboys uh, for, you know, getting it done. I, I'm happy. If you're happy. Uh, let's, you know they should enjoy this. They worked really hard for this. Now, Paul brings up an interesting question. Uh, we, we got a lot of answers this week, but we also have a lot of questions. Who should replace Brown? Who should replace Biadish? Should Armstrong start opposite of Gregory when Gregory is back? I think that, uh, Dorrance Armstrong should definitely start. I think that's the quickest answer. Uh, but by the way, majestic details says victory polo Monday. That's right. We wear polos on Mondays after the Dallas Cowboys win. So, uh, be looking for that. Um, I don't have Anthony Brown as a loser, all right? I, because it felt like low hanging fruit. I didn't want to take that, but you all had a lot of comments about Anthony Brown, so let's have the Anthony Brown conversation. Is it a conversation? Like, is it is it, is it really a conversation? Like, is it just or is it just you know, Anthony Brown's not good, right? Like, that's that's what you know. Do we like is anybody does anybody disagree? You know, <laughs> like, or, or you know, are is anybody opposed to the motion? You know, does, does anybody agree that Anthony Brown? is a problem for the Cowboys defense. Cause I don't think anybody, you know, is going to fight that take. I don't think anybody is going to, you know, really disagree. going to stand for Anthony Brown. I don't think that that's the case at all. Um, Anthony Brown is probably the weakest player on the Cowboys defense, right? Like that's fair to say, um, you know, Anthony Brown is, you know, I, I wouldn't say held up and, you know, late in the game, but Anthony Brown, you know, fine. Uh, Shane going a little bit too far for me says, Anthony Brown finds ways to suck. Uh, again, you know, that's, you know, Hey, uh, DD Hill says Brown get better or get gone. Um, rich man. I think this is the nicest thing we can say. Um, Anthony Brown is very average. Um, Peter says yes, but are the youngsters ready? Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Calvin Joseph is on injured reserve. So he has to be out at least three weeks. So that's including next week. By the way, the next Cowboys game is on Monday night football against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be awesome. But I mean, let's see Maurice Kennedy. I mean, we've, we've seen enough. I mean, like, seriously, we have seen enough. And, you know, when Kelvin – I agree with Bow Family. I'm sure when Kelvin Joseph gets 100%, he'll be starting or, you know, whatever. I agree. I mean, there's, there's no way that – there's no way that Maurice Kennedy or even a Sean Wright can be worse. There's no way. There's just not. There's not. It's not possible. It's not possible in this universe or any other universe where any of the other Spider-Men come out to join Tom Holland in the movie. It's just not possible. Um, I mean, so throwing him out there is, you know, not reckless, not irresponsible, but it's just not wise. Um, and it's ultimately setting yourself up to, you know, have some problems. Um, so, again, I think the conversation doesn't really go a long way when you talk about Anthony Brown, because, you know, hey, uh, but. Tyler Biotish, This is an interesting question that that was raised up. Um, Yes or no. Now, last week, Tyler Biotish was the worst graded Cowboys offensive lineman by pro football focus, however much stock you put into that. And uh, we'll see what the grades from this game ultimately show us, but not the best game uh, got called for a penalty uh, against the chargers. And so is there anyone who let's put, let's put it this way. Are you confident in Tyler B. as the Dallas Cowboys starting center? Are you? I mean, because I'm not. You know, I I mean, I don't know that that you are. You should be. You know, we found out Stephen Jones said on Friday on 105 through the fan that the Cowboys were exp- not experimenting. I don't put words in his mouth, but the Cowboys were having snaps, devoting snaps to both Connor Williams and Connor McGovern at the center position. Paul brings up, I say, put in McGovern. He did play center in college. That's right. Played at Penn State. The wideout last night, super cool. Um yeah i mean let's see Connor mcgovern because look we we already you know heaped praises on terrence Steele, and if you got here late you know this is our live post game show we talked about Terrence Steele a little while ago you can always go back and rewatch. please do subscribe here to the blog on the boys youtube channel we have a lot of stuff that comes out all the time i'm not trying to say that we're the best or anything but we're the best you know come on subscribe to us but um you know so um I agree with Isidro, says McGovern would work. We we already talked about Terrence Steele and gave him love. And the reason we did not like the idea last week of Terrence Steele at right tackle when we found out about the Lyle Collins suspension was that's not your best five, right? If if you don't have Connor McGovern out there, that's not your best five. And he's still not out there, right? And so the facts are if let's 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 come to this consensus, okay? And we'll count Lyle Collins here because we're talking just about talent. The best offensive lineman the, on the Cowboys are Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Cotter Williams. We all agree on the top four, right? The fifth best lineman on the Cowboys is what? Who's the fifth best? Is Terrence Steele better than Tyler Biotish? Is Connor McGovern the fifth best? Let's say Connor McGovern's your fifth best. So then who's better? Who? And I'll ask you this question if you're watching live with us. who is who? Who do you have more faith in? And keep in mind that you are still caught up in the moment. Who do you have more faith in, Terrence Steele or Tyler Biotish? That's my question to you, our loyal, beautiful, wonderful, perfect in every conceivable way viewer. Who do you have more faith in, Terrence Steele or Tyler Biotish? Uh, Bossman Fat, whoa, Kelvin, what's up? Says Tyler Biotish. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I really don't know. Uh, Dan Brockett says, why are we so confident in McGovern? Because of last week and because of, that he, because he played center in college, that's why, um, Kevin says, how's 52 top four. I think Connor's in the top four. I mean, I I don't know that Connor McGovern is better than Connor Williams. I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to for me. Uh, but I mean, I'm not saying Connor's awesome, but, uh, Brian says more confident in steel, uh, uh, worth worth Texas, Tyler, uh, Mark Bowles says Tyler Biotish, Michael Skarn. What's up? Says, uh, Tyler, a lot of you saying Tyler, uh, Carl Smith says center is a much more difficult position. I agree. Now, Chris points out Tyler got pushed around last week. And we do have to, you know, admit this was only the sixth start of Tyler Biotish's NFL career. So there are some growing pains. Uh, Bossman Fats says still had one good game. You know, look, you know, but to Brad's point, Bosa was really shut down. What did he have? One sack? Yeah. I mean, it was one game, but it was against Joey Bosa, you know, so the sample size isn't large either way. My point is, it's not stupid or ridiculous or inconceivable to say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna go down this path of exploring what Conor Mc Center is like because we don't have enough confidence in Tyler Biotish, and you know that's worth exploring. J S <laughs> um, Michaels at the Burn of the Day says Joey Nosa, nice, well done. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's go. Uh, let's uh, we we have you know we talked about. Um, that's on the subject of the offensive line. Here is Dak Prescott getting sacked. Let's just add some perspective here. Quiet on this play,
3: though, Jim. Oh, you see it right here? No, he's has a car. You'll never get it on this one.
2: Look at his way, and the pocket collapses on Prescott. James with back-to-back plays and the double whammy. The two stars of that defense, James and Joey Bosa. Even Jerry Tillery was
3: in on that. Bosa up top comes in, you see a great rush and the pressure. They don't do it a lot, but when they do, they get to the quarterback and Prescott looking for Cooper and just hung on to the ball. What?
1: Yeah, not Terrence Steele's best moment. Certainly <laughs> the, the, the highlight we have here. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. I saw a comment right here. Um, I want to find it. want to find it. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, it was about Zach Martin and, um, Let's see here. I've now lost it. Oh, here we go. Dan says, uh, my opinion is if Zagmar is playing, we can win with whoever is at center. That's a good opinion to have. Um, you know, oh, I like what Samada here says, off topic, Kamara with a semi-splashy play. Azur Kamara did have a nice, almost nice moment, you know, so that was nice. And you know, other honorable mentions, right? Because look, when when you win, there's more winners and honorable mentions than there are losers. I really don't think there are that many losers here. I think the only losers are truly John Fossil, the officiating, and third down defense because the Cowboys got whooped on third down by the Chargers, third and long, over and over and over again. Uh, but another honorable mention, besides Kamara, I don't want to just blow past that, but how about Malik Hooker? I mean, Malik Hooker, in his first game as a Dallas Cowboy, shows up and... You know, it wasn't J. Ron Curse or anything, but Malik Hooker played well. Malik Hooker was not, you know, the guy that we super hyped up. But, I mean, Malik Hooker really played well, and I thought that that deserved some love. Uh, Warm 77, Texas, Double Texas says, are the Chargers receivers still having fun? I believe it was Mike Williams who said after the Chargers beat Washington last week when he was asked about this game, that it looked like Tampa Bay, uh, the Tampa Bay receivers had a lot of fun. To be clear here, Mike Williams did have a lot of fun against the Cowboys, finished. Uh, I mean, Keenan Allen finished four catches, 108 yards. Mike Williams, seven catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. So, I mean, he had fun individually. Um, You know, it's it's not like they got shut down, is is my point. But um, So, shout out to Malik Hooker. uh, Just a great game, great start to his Dallas Cowboys career. We'll see how long that lasts. But great job by Malik Hooker. Um, Watsamata says, Hooker, not bad. And I think huge upside, very much agreed. Uh, Great job by Malik Hooker. Let's see here. Who else do you have? As as an honorable mention, I saw one moment ago. Uh, A deal says Pollard, Zeke, Curse, Osa and Micah. We talked about Osa, but seriously, just in the backfield. It was such a great team performance in that sense. Osa was all over the place. Micah, obviously, Dorrance Armstrong. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, Terrell Basham was in the mix a little bit. I mean, the Cowboys had a lot of presence, you know, in the pocket, which was nice. And I thought I think that we all thought that was impossible. Um, given that Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory both missed this game, but man, I mean, just a really fine job by the Cowboys defense in a number of different ways. Um, let's see here. Uh, Bow Family says this team reminds me of the Saints Super Bowl team a few years ago. Um, I guess you're talking about the 2009 Saints, uh, but you know, maybe, maybe I, I can kind of see that. Watsamata says, Did we name LVE as an honorable mention? You know what, Watsamata? I got you. Leighton Van Derish, we already threw some love at Jalen Smith. We threw some love at Micah Parsons. Um, I thought that Leighton Vanderesh was awesome. I mean, honestly, didn't make my winner's list, but I really think that Leighton Vanderesh was awesome. He picked up a penalty, um, you know, in terms of being, you know, the subject of, of a chargers player being penalized. And I mean, really just, we we've known for a long time that Leighton can be great in the NFL. It's just injuries have, you know, been a part of his career and I thought that we got a great version of Leighton Vanderish against the Chargers was an impact you know didn't have any super sexy flashy plays didn't have the interceptions or anything like that but I mean we've all talked about how this was such a grinded out gritty kind of win Leighton Vanderish was really a huge part of that um, and you know so kudos to him Carl Smith's LVE was held a lot uh, I agree I, I totally agree with that uh, John says Schultz is better than Jarwin is there anyone here? You know, and I'm not saying that you're, you know, intimating this, John, but is there anyone who who thinks that Blake Jarwin is better anymore? I mean, or or is that is that conversation over? You know, because it was a conversation for a while. And and by the way, like big kudos to Blake Jarwin returning to the scene of the crime, so to speak. This was the the stadium, the place where he was hurt last year against the Rams in Week One. We all, heard, you know, know that story, and and certainly it was great to see Blake Jarwin have success. But I don't think there's any denying that Dalton Schultz is the better player. I mean, there's no Dalton Schultz is, you know, and I agree with Kevin says, I think both tight ends are fine. But I think that Dalton might be a little bit better as a pass catcher, which is saying something. And to Tim's point, Schultz is a way better blocker. I mean, Dalton is is awesome. I mean, you know. And and obviously it was it was an unfortunate opportunity that you know led to him having one last year. But I mean, man, it's it's hard to deny. Roberts says Schultz is more well-rounded, and Jarwin only two games back. Give him time to be the offensive 30. Totally agree. I mean, you know that's fine. I mean that's a great point. But right now it does seem like you know like like Schultz just has the inside track if you want to call it that uh Paul says Schultz has shown clutch very much agreed uh Scott says Schultz needs an extension ASAP in case anybody forgot this is a contract year for Dalton Schultz uh David says Schultz is a playmaker two slips tackles very much agreed um and Scott brings up sorry Scott found it right here Blake so whiffed on that block last week that that's the difference you know that's that's what it comes down to um it's it's tough. Um, Paul, by the way, says Jarwin is the big play tight end. Schultz is our current version of Witten with much lower upside. I don't, I mean, I, I like this comp, but I don't know when the last time was that Jason Witten had upside, but um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so Dalton Schultz much, no, not much better, but Dalton Schultz definitely better. Uh, so a nice, yeah, nice look. I want to end with, with this, this is our last topic. And I saw Paul had this question earlier and we kind of talked about it, but, and if you're watching live, certainly appreciate you hanging out. So, what questions – we talked about answers. We got a lot of answers on a lot of different things, and some of the answers aren't good, right? Some of the answers are, you know, we, okay, you know, John Fossil's addicted to hitting on 21. But what new question do you have about the Dallas Cowboys? Wherever you are, wherever you're watching, what question do you have about the Dallas Cowboys that you did not have this morning? What is that question? And maybe your question is, can this offense – or is this offense going to have these games? where they re, – not regress, but were they – you know, come down to earth a little bit and the defense has to live up and carry them. Maybe your question is, can the defense live up and carry them? Because they kind of did this game. What new question do you have about the Dallas Cowboys that you did not have when week two started? By the way, I don't know if you know the Dallas Cowboys won in week two. They successfully defeated the Los Angeles Chargers. Good for them. Cowboys have the most impressive win of any team in the NFC East through two weeks of the season. Uh, But I mean, what, what new questions do we have? Uh, Richard says, how bad is Cooper's injury? It seems fine. I mean, Amari was back. Um, Duncan, let's uh, see, Duncan, I've lost your, your question now. It's getting complicated. says, what's going on with Neil? We haven't seen a ton of Keanu Neil. I think it's just, you know, it's just time. I think things are just still materializing. Um, let's see here. Kevin says, are we going to have a deep threat with Gallup out? We didn't see a ton of Cedric Wilson. And maybe Gallup being out is kind of part of why the offense just wasn't the same. That's worth mentioning too. Um, but I thought C D Lamb was awesome. I, I thought, I think CeeDee kind of a little bit of an honorable mention CD had some nice moments, but uh, as by the way, Lamar Jackson just threw a pick six uh, Tyron Matthew has returned an uh, interception in the opening 50 seconds of the game. Uh, so chiefs now up well, extra point pending chiefs up seven, nothing on the Ravens. Uh, so that sucks if you're a Ravens fan, but if you're a Ravens, how would you be here? Uh, but so, yeah, I think Michael Gallup being out is interesting. Um, and, I don't know that there's a deep threat, but you know, Cedric Wilson we've seen has success in that space. Maybe, maybe it'll just take time. Uh, But so that's, you know, certainly something to watch. Uh, Let's see here. I saw a question I really liked. Uh, Micah, what's up duty in the locker room says, can we keep this takeaway train? Cowboys had four turnovers last week. However, you know, hollow, you think some of them were and had two today, really impressive six turn. The Cowboys have four interceptions and one of them was the hail Mary. Uh Oh, the extra point. I, I, Okay, it was good. Uh, winning off the upright. Uh, but uh, so Chiefs up seven, nothing, but I think so. I mean, I some of these are you know, some of these were fluky, you know, last week. The Fournette tip, the you know, the Jordan Lewis Hail Mary, but the Trayvon, both of these interceptions were amazing today from the Cowboys. And so I think so. I think they really can. And I think that's going to help. Uh, let's see here. Chris says, How much better can our defense get when Gallimore and Fats come back? I don't know that Kelvin is like a, a, like he moves the needle for me. He'll be nice to have back. But Neville Gallimore, man, I mean, when the Cowboys can start involving him, I mean, they're generating a little pass rush. They're not getting home yet. But part of the reason for that is they they've played two quarterbacks who get the ball out so quickly. And I know today Justin Herbert had a lot of time. But Tom Brady was all about getting the ball out so fast last week down in Tampa. They're about to play Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has – I know that the Eagles had a 91-yard gain today, which they did not cash in on, which was hilarious but Jalen Hurts generally has had one of the lower A-dots, average depth of target, uh, you know, in the NFL. Jalen's not going to test downfield. Doesn't really have a great deep ball. So I think they will have an opportunity to get home at quarterbacks like that. Think about the quarterbacks the Cowboys going to play coming up. Jalen Hurts, uh, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones. I mean, if you don't think the Cowboys can keep up the turnover train against Daniel Jones, I mean, watch out. But uh, let's see here. Uh, Shane says, do we keep Parsons at defensive end or move him back to linebacker? Definitely move him back to linebacker, but congratulations to him for helping out the team today. Uh, let's see here. Um, David brought, brings up the speed at wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, I think it's tough. Uh, hourglass says, is Pollard the RB two? I don't know that he was not, but Michael asks if he's the RB one. I think that's, it's a debate. It's a small debate. It's an interesting conversation, you know? So, Hey, Uh, let's see here. Um, I've lost, uh, Tim says the Eagles gambled that game away. Totally agree. Um, now Micah, I do want to bring this back up because I know some of you came in. We talked about this when we first started the stream. A lot of people are, and I will write about this this week at blog probably on Monday. Uh, and I'll put some timestamps and stuff and kind of lay everything out more in detail then, but I don't have an issue with the way the Cowboys handled the end of this game against the chargers. And a lot of people do. Let's see here. I'm pulling up the play by play right now. The Cowboys kicked the game-winning field goal, and obviously that's what matters the most here, uh, and everybody was upset. They start the drive, the Cowboys, with three minutes and 54 seconds left in the game, and they move, they move, they move. They get to the two-minute warning, and they're on their own 31-yard line at the time, or excuse me, their own 26-yard line at the time. They pick up five yards. They pick up uh, four yards, so it's third and one at the Dallas 35 with a minute and 27 seconds left. The Cowboys pick up a first down at their own 38-yard line with a minute left. They let about 20 seconds go off the clock. They get to their own 43-yard line. They take their second timeout. So it's first and 10 at the LA 45 after an Amari Cooper pickup because Amari gets the gain and then gets hurt. Um, but the Cowboys are at the Chargers 45-yard line with 36 seconds to go. And they still have a timeout. All right? I have no problem with the way they handle this. The next play – is Dak hit Cedric Wilson for four yards. Now they're at the 41 yard line. And I get that you want to get as close as possible, but if you're at the 41 yard line and you have Greg, the leg legatron. And again, I'm not saying that counting on him is responsible. We talked all about John fossils problems, but that was the distance. That was the plan. Like that, that was the distance and the range to get to. And they got there. And so the chargers still had timeouts to work with. And so, we saw the Cowboys leave time on the clock for Tom Brady last week, and he used it. And I know, you know, they, they weren't losing at the time, you know, so if the Cowboys don't make that field goal, the game is not over. They still go to overtime. So I like the fact that they, it was kind of playing defense at the same time, draining all that clock, doing what they could to make sure that, that – you want to make sure that that field goal is the last play of the game, and the Cowboys did that. And they – you know, it worked. I mean, and so this isn't a, a matter where the results justify the process. The process made sense to me because if, if it had been me, I would have wanted to have left no time for Justin Herbert. The Cowboys didn't have all of their timeouts. Couldn't be as creative as they wanted to. But again, on the broadcast, you know, Tony Romo was saying, well, you should go pick up 10 more yards. Well, yeah, dude, that would be awesome. But like, that's not just an easy thing. So it was safe. It was smart. It was controlled. I mean, it was, it was a really conservative approach, and it worked out. And so, you know, that's hard to that's hard to completely quibble with. It's fair to say you should have been more urgent, et cetera, and I think we would have seen a higher sense of urgency if instead of being tied at 17, the Cowboys were down, you know, 17, 16 or something like that where they need that field goal or they lose. But because of the, you know, the safety net of being able to go to overtime, even if Greg Zerland doesn't make that kick, it changes the – I don't say it changes the math, but it changes the approach just a little bit. Um, so I don't have an issue with the end of, you know, game sequence here. Brian brings up here, and I get this point, but depending on Greg for 55 yards, they had time to run more plays and get more yardage, even if they were all runs to limit risk of a turnover. I agree that depending on Greg airline from downtown was not wise. And, Obviously, Greg Zerland missed his 60-yard field goal. By the way, the Ravens just scored, so it's now quickly tied or extra point pending, but it is Justin Tucker. I agree with that, but if I'm going to depend on Greg Zerland, if Greg Zerlin has to make a field goal for me in any – sense if i have to if i have to create and you know imagine the scenario that greg zurline needs to make a field goal for me the game needs to be tied it needs to be the last play of the game because i have no idea to some degree to your point brian what is ultimately going to happen here so i want to mitigate all other risk all other possibilities and the cowboys did that i agree with you it would have been nice if the cowboys had run the ball a couple more times picked up five six more yards maybe tens obviously a little bit of a stretch to the point mentioned a moment ago but the other thing here is this wasn't necessarily a game where the Cowboys were humming and moving on offense. And so I do think this was a matter of just taking what they got. They got into field goal range. They realized, you know what, let's bleed this clock. We have our timeout. We can stop the clock. Let's just do it. And let's, let's hope. And it's not a foolproof strategy by any means. It's not a perfect strategy. That's not what I'm trying to say at all, but it is a strategy that makes some sense. I don't think it's void of logic. And I think that's that's the take I've kind of seen some people have uh, today, at least in the aftermath of the game. So uh, it is what it is. What's a modest ugly win. They used to find a way to lose these. Let's take a look at the standings in the NFC East. And you're all going to enjoy this. I promise. Uh, let's see here. I've lost it right now. Uh, the standings in the division that we all know and love. The Dallas Cowboys are one and one. They're not technically in first place, you know, so you know, don't freak out. But the Washington football team, by virtue of their divisional win against the New York Giants, are in first place. They are one and one. The Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles also one and one. The Philadelphia Eagles lost today. It's never a bad sense to say. Cowboys won and the Eagles lost. What a day. But you look at it and the losses for this team. The Giants lost to, um, you know, the Denver Broncos and obviously Washington. Washington lost to the Chargers, who the Cowboys beat. The Eagles lost to the 40. The Eagles lost to Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, man. Uh, but the Cowboys lost to the Buccaneers. I mean, the Cowboys have the highest quality win and the Cowboys have the most understandable loss of any team in the NFC East. Uh, and next week, the New York Giants play the Atlanta Falcons, who played the Bucs tough today but are still kind of a disaster. I still think that they'll lose. The Washington football team plays the Bills next week, who looked to be back today. So I think we're looking at next week the Giants falling to 0-3, Washington following to 1-2, and 2, and then the Dallas Cowboys host the Philadelphia Eagles next week on Monday Night Football. It's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Uh, we've all been looking forward to this game. It's going to be a really, really, really good time. Uh, so, you know, Hey, it's the home opener for the Cowboys finally. And this is, you know, it's going to go a long way. Cowboys are going to get the two and one next week. We all know it. we all believe it. So thank you so much to everyone for joining us. Uh, these are always the best, but they're a little bit more fun, obviously when the Cowboys win, uh, <clears throat> my voice is starting to go. So we, uh, we will be back uh on monday with a daily recap everything you know for the dallas cowboys we will also have highlights tomorrow here on the blog and the boys youtube channel every notable play from the cowboys win against the chargers we will have our live stream here on tuesday afternoon at 6 p.m eastern 5 p.m central time if you want to come be part of the discussion again like we've kind of had here today we'll have a lot of episodes that come out this week on the blog and the boys podcast network we are available on all major podcast platforms so please subscribe there please do subscribe here to the blog and the boys YouTube channel will have tons of content available for you at blogontheboys.com Uh, before we leave, you know, Israel, thank you for the super chats. Is the Cowboys played mediocre at best? They could have done way better. RJ, give me one aspect they could have done better. In. I like this command, I like this. Um, I mean, they there's a lot of discipline issues. I mean, the Cowboys were off sides what three times in this game, right? And the, we talked about the fourth and 20 thing, like, there's there's ambition and then there's irresponsibility. And I think the Cowboys focus on certain things and lose focus of other things. So I think the Cowboys need to just, you know, sometimes not get too cute. We've seen John Fossil get too cute. We saw Kellen Moore get too cute today and that happens, but you know, so ultimately there's the right amount of cuteness to ultimately find. And the Cowboys need to, you know, find that balance. And and that's ultimately the sweet spot that you want to be in. Uh, I mentioned it tomorrow because the Cowboys won is Victory Polo Monday. If you want to, take a photo of yourself wearing a polo, Cowboys polo, whatever polo you want. It's all about the mood. It's all about the song that's in your heart. All right? Cowboys win. Take a photo of yourself wearing a polo. Tweet it out at bloggingtheboys at RJOChoa because after the Dallas Cowboys win, we wear polos. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. The Dallas Cowboys are one and one Life is good. We love you all, and peace.